prepare yourselves for the arrival. Episode of the Rose Experience Podcast. Again with me is Shane Louise of Regress TV. After our long-winded 2015 discussion, we are now going to move into 2016. Somewhat briefer, but we want to take want to take the time to just talk about a couple games that are standouts for us. I mean, inevitably as you end one year, you always look forward to the next year and you're like, I can't wait for this game, one, you know, this game, that. And I mean, I think there's a couple on the tip of our tongues that that we can talk about briefly. And then, uh, you know, we'll talk about some personal resolutions for, for us and maybe gaming in general. Uh, we can go for it. So, you know, Shane, you start. Uh, what's a game that, that moving into 2016, maybe? I, 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 you, you mentioned it during the break there, but uh, I think... <clears throat> I, I, I can't imagine the sequel to Shadows of the Colossus is going to be coming out this year. But hey, you know what? Stranger things have happened. Killing me. Yeah. Well, I mean, okay, sequel, you know... Uh, cousin, whatever. It's definitely not a, a direct sequel, right? Yes, but yeah. I mean, I actually want to see when it's coming out. I'm curious now. Well, no, they, I, they I want to know the date because there's no date. Year. There's no date. There's no date. Okay, so it's not coming out 2016. There's no date. Yeah, yeah. That, that's the thing because I can't trust that they're ever going to release. I know, and I get. I you know, I, you're 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 well, probably but, more much more insane sane <laughs> than I am by by admitting that. But I'm like, this has to be the year because. If they delay this game again after finally re-revealing it in totality and announcing a definitive year at E3, this will be... I, I really think that'll be the death knell. I, I'm going to be honest. What I saw of the game at E3 looked like a PlayStation 3 game. And not, not to belittle it, right? Because <clears throat> I can still enjoy a PlayStation 3 game. But nothing of it was like, oh boy, that's a PlayStation 4 game, or that's a no. game. It feels like an old game that's finally just coming out, which is cool, but I'm not looking at it going, boy, I can't wait for this to be a thing that happens, because it's just, it's like, for me, I'm just thinking, did the mechanics age? Have they, have they that's a great question. With it, right? That's a great question. Um, in terms of it being a PlayStation 3 game, is it absolutely visually mind-blowing? No. But I mean, one of the biggest problems with Last Guardian PlayStation 3 is they could not get that game to run. They never got that game actually running. All those were... Um, it was it was not engine footage, okay? Or it was, it was planned for the trailer. Like, it was 10 frames per second, if not lower. And that was the biggest problem. I mean... The PlayStation 3 and 360 could never render the feathers and stuff on Dogbird and stuff like that. But to yeah. your point... The, the release is just saying 2016. It's more... <laughs> I mean, just like Shadows of the Colossus. I mean, was it the most beautiful game on the PlayStation 2? Probably not. But it's about art direction and the world and, and the soul of those games, I think. I, I think it actually is a pretty visually impressive game, but, but they were pushing so... Yeah, on the PlayStation 2, they were pushing it so hard that the frame rate on that game yeah. was terrible. Mm. I enjoyed that game much more. I loved it on the PS2. Oh, yeah. But I enjoyed the game even more on the PlayStation 3 when they increased HD. the frame rate and, like, gave it that little sharp edge to it. And that's when I was just like, wow, like, I think other people can walk into this game now and really appreciate it for what it is. And Last Guardian, maybe we get it 60 frames per second now? I mean, with the graphics I I've it. seen. Honestly, <laughs> especially with the way they handle remasters these days, you know, they, they, they really, you know, don't do much to them. If I get a consistent 30, I'm okay. I mean, the reason I'm excited for this game, it's because of what Shadow Colossus was, because of what Studio of Japan is, their track record. They haven't missed yet. This game is a glaring omission for them. They haven't made a game in a decade almost, yeah. which is absurd. The story behind it is very interesting. But, I mean, I watched that trailer at E3, and my heart soared. Like, I mean, the ending of it, it's like... I felt it, I, and I, I showed my my now wife, 
that trailer a few weeks after and she was right on board with it and she doesn't play video games at all like it's just it, it, it resonates emotionally to me anyway I, I get some people whatever they don't like these games but games like that are the reason why I play games and if they can give me that and more of the spirit that was in Shadows of Colossus I don't I can't say these years will be worth it but it's just, you know what, people are willing to forget some of the past transgressions for the now, and I will forget all of that. I just want this game, man. I just want it. I get it, I get it. Yeah, I'm totally okay with it. It's that. absolutely beautiful. I, and I really, I think it's going to happen. I don't think there's any way, from a business standpoint, they could get away with this game not releasing. This I get year. that, I get that. Um, I think, I'm just looking at a list here of games that are coming out for 2016. And there's a couple here I forgot were coming out, like the new Mafia, the new yeah. Hitman. But those games, you know, I'm not super excited about. But the new Deus Ex game. That's a great yeah. addition. See, I, I am actually pretty excited to see that. Because, Mankind Divided. Yeah. Truth be told, I have enjoyed the Hitman games way more than Deus Ex in the past. But... The last one kind of kind of steered yep. me away from. I like the Hitman games, and I, I just I mean, Human Revolution was awesome, a great pseudo reboot. In it, <laughs> I'm a big fan of trailers. Okay, like sometimes, for instance, you were talking about walking into movies in our previous podcast. I walked out of the newest Godzilla. I hated it, but the trailer for that film is one of the best trailers I've ever seen in my life. I think it, it and, is and perfect. Yeah. But the, the the trailer for Mankind uh, Mankind Divided, or sorry, Human Revolution, you know. I, got the, I ran out and got the music for yeah, that right afterwards. It's not yeah. the end of the world, but you can see it from here. Just that everything about it is so well done. And, you know, Adam Jensen's voice with all the means is so good. But, yeah, I, I'm, I'm looking for it. I'm right on board with you. Yeah, I, I honestly think... Uh, you know, I, I think I actually have a little Deus Ex figurine around here that uh, Square gave me. And I, I just thought it was like this uh, really cool really cool thing. And, and I was looking at it, I'm just like, you know, I don't keep these bobblehead figures too much. I've got, um, I got a, just around here, I have a, a Vault Boy, you know, stuff like that. There, there's Adam Jensen right there, just in the corner. Uh, you know, I've got to show this. Yeah, go grab it. It's like... It's like this thing, and I usually don't keep these, but mm -hmm. this one is just like, you know, it's like I got to because I realized when I got this bobblehead how much I actually liked the game. Let me see. And it made me realize that, you know, there. it was one of those there games that gave you some really good choice and gave you a lot of different abilities. The boss modes were bad in the first one. But they patched those but in they, the but, Game of the Year. In yeah. the game of the, year, uh, game of the Year edition, yeah, they fixed it and they made the game better. So I think they learned from that stuff, and I actually, uh, when I was talking to the developers, I asked them, did you outsource the boss battles again? They went, no, no, we didn't Not do that. A chance, I was like, yeah. good, good, because because I'm curious now. I want to see where you guys are going with this. Yeah. I, 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 what I saw of the game looked really interesting. I can't wait to play it because I like that one. And to be honest, the one thing I loved about the original Deus Ex was its main character in the, in the original game, where you were, you know, going through, uh, you, like you're J.C. Denton, you were going mm -hmm. through everything and like <clears throat> kind of figuring it all out. And the sequel wasn't really about him anymore. It was about another character, and it still had some flourishes in the original. This one, it's the same character. You, you like to like continue it. Yeah, and yeah. I want to see where they go with this. I want to see how this world has changed, and I'm excited to see what they're doing with that. So I think of everything in 2016, that might be the game I'm most excited for. Perfectly fair. I, I mean, I think the, the last one was phenomenal. My only gripe with the gameplay was the way powers were restored. I didn't like the battery. You know, I eat a chocolate bar. Then I can use my powers. I hated that. I got over it because the game is simply incredible. You know, again, it's that you the gameplay branches in so many different ways and, and, and the aesthetics of the world and they make you feel like you're a part of that new Detroit or whatever right from the onset. It's it, it's great. And uh, yeah, like I, there's definitely things that they can do with the gameplay in the new one as opposed to what was in the last one. And I'm anxious to see where they go with them. Yeah, I think uh, other games. Let me see what we have, what we have on this list here. I think... Uh, I'm. I'm Obviously, I want to see the new XCOM. Yeah. Hands down, I want to, but I'm not expecting like a huge revolution. I'm just expecting more mm -hmm. of the gameplay I enjoy. And that's the the story. Now it's like the aliens have taken over. You're like a rebel cell. Yeah. Okay. Here, here are two. Uh, Star Fox and mm. Legend of Zelda. Now I've played Star Fox. So, okay. The new. Fair one. enough. I, that's coming out. I do not think Legend of Zelda comes out this year. Uh, yeah. I don't. I, I don't even know if that's going to happen. But at the same time. I haven't seen anything of it, so I don't know what to expect from it. Like, I mean, I, I've seen, like, the trailer, but mm -hmm. there was no gameplay or anything there, and I don't know. They're, they're going, 
What scared me was they said Legend of Zelda with open world, and I was like, "Stop!" Yeah, I know because I get it. I get what you're trying to do. Yes, but it's like some just of the best... take that. I, it's like take that word, just go away. You are the Legend of Zelda. You don't need buzzwords. Yeah, yeah, you don't. And I'm I like, I think they can make it work. Oh, really absolutely, do. they can. But, but right. I'm just, I'm just like Nintendo has never really done an open world game before, and there is something about open world games that require a specific idea. Will yeah, will the spirit be lost in the translation to that? I don't know. Nintendo makes genres. They don't copy genres. So to see them attempt a genre they didn't create is kind of interesting to me because I don't know if they're going to have the the ability. They have the ability. I don't know if they're going to have the the push to make the game what it is because for Zelda to work, <clears throat> it's about puzzles. It's about story. It's about growth of a character yeah. and expanding this character and getting new items. And I think Zelda can work in that world because the only other, the, one of my favorite Zelda games was Wind Waker. Yeah. And Wind Waker pretty much feels like an open world game. Sure. But it's separated into, into bits, right? Like islands. And those islands are in themselves levels. And then there's these like huge, you know, uh, ship <clears throat> you know, plays uh, uh, in between gameplay yeah, moments yeah. where you're going between uh, uh, island island. So it feels like an open world game, but it's not. And I hope that this Legend of Zelda game feels like open world, but it's not. And it and it keeps you. I, I think uh, we're on the same wavelength there. Uh, huge. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want it to be just big for big sake. Be Zelda. I mean, some of the illusions that this could be like almost a, a pseudo reboot too. Like they, they said the map size of, or the glimpses they had in conceptual footage or maybe in that last trailer where he's looking out over off the cliff, uh, it sort of looks like the original Legend, Legend of Zelda map yeah, in yeah. some sort of ways, which would be a wrinkle. I'm of, the, I'm of the mindset. I mean, Zelda is in desperate need of a hit right now. There really hasn't been a good Zelda game, mainline one in like a decade. You know, people talk about Final Fantasy is dead. I mean, then what is Zelda right now? I mean, the best game they've had has been a 3DS game, yeah, which the pattern was already there. It's a link to the past. I mean, that's not hard to do, right? And I love Zelda, but Skyward Sword was not good. Twilight Princess I, I was... I, I, I couldn't... I didn't like the gameplay. Like, the, 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 implement, the, the implementation of motion control in the game, I felt worked against it. Yeah. And it removed some of the really cool features I felt of it. I think most people out there, if they talk about um, Twilight Princess... They always say, well, the GameCube version of Twilight Princess was the really good version, and then the Wii version was the like the weird mm -hmm. cousin we got from it. But the GameCube version, because it has the harder controls, it feels a little bit better as a game. Mm -hmm. I, 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 you know, I'll tell you this much. Possibly my favorite game that I'm looking forward to this year, maybe Deus Ex. But what I'm looking forward to in gaming most in 2016 is whatever the hell the Nintendo and uh, yeah, NSX and that that was my follow up. I mean, again, they've done the leap years or the leap consoles with the Zelda before and with them already claiming that the Wii U has essentially been wound down and there's other than Star Fox and a handful of others that are well into development there's nothing new being developed for it and I don't know like when these games come out are they going to work yeah I don't know, you know like if they come out are they is gonna it, it's, is it's it a so... hybrid console you know they're meshing their handheld with their home console initiatives I don't know I mean that's, that's another what I, thing that's what I think they're gonna do and it's going to be announced this year the NX let me tell you this if they kill the 3DS line and they kill the Wii U line and they merge it into one line where it's a 3DS you can plug up to your TV look dude that is gonna work it's gonna kill but you know what else you run the risk no one wants Nintendo right now other than Nintendo fans right it's now, I know they're trying to get... This is a, a, a reach for more. More people. But you run the risk of shitting... Not You don't run the risk. You will be shitting on the people that have supported you through the, your most difficult time. You know, with new 3DS. With the Wii U. I mean, that fan base that has bought your products. I mean, now you got to buy another one. And they will buy it. But I don't know. Will everybody come, though? This I don't is, know. I, I mentioned this earlier on... Nintendo's uh, an intriguing story for 2016. It is, and that's. I think I'm more excited to see what they do than any other company. I mean, PlayStation 4 might make a smaller box. Xbox One definitely got to make a smaller box. Mm -hmm. But like everybody else, you know, whatever. They're going to do their thing. Nintendo, they can change it up. What I want to happen from Nintendo, and I really can't stress this enough, whatever this platform is, whatever it is, I want a new one to come out every year. I know it sounds stupid and it's not popular, but there's a reason I want this to happen. 
every year, if we can, if they can promise us that next year the new console that comes out just has a couple of extra uh, pins and needles mm -hmm. in it, or you know what I mean, like bigger hard drive, yep. maybe maybe like a more better, jump to the processor, a little out of zip in the graphics. Yeah. yeah, you know, longer battery life, whatever. Keep doing that every year, but give us the ability to keep playing the older games. Yes. If they can do that, okay, they're going to outdo everyone else in the market. Because what they need to do is they need to merge markets again. They need to look at what mobile phones are doing so well. And what mobile phones are doing well is a constant refresh of hardware. And it's amazing. And, and it's amazing that people buy, I, I mean, I, I honestly, I'm out on it, but I can't deny the beautiful simplicity of it and the gullibility. Never yeah. underestimate how stupid people are sometimes. It's, 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 it's like this. I, I like, I know it sounds crazy, but I like the idea of new hardware coming out that improves stuff. Look, mm -hmm. I'm gonna buy one console one year and the next year they're gonna release another one and the next year they're gonna release another one. And you know what, I'm not gonna buy those. And even ones. if you miss a year, yeah. you're not missing everything. Right? See, and then, I mean, I don't wanna get into the, the every detail of it, but you run the risk of some games not eventually running on the old stuff as well. And you you phase out some people. So then price comes into it but as see, well. That, but this is the thing. As long as Nintendo has a philosophy in mind where look, in five years, we release a game on that platform. And, and five years later, that game is still gonna work on the very first model we released. As long as they do that, cool. Dude, that's all they gotta do. Everybody forgets they released Nintendo 64 mm -hmm. games that didn't work unless you had the memory pack. Yeah, in it, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. No, I, I they, 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 they released uh, like Sega released the, the CD. Yeah, the 32X. And there were games you can only get to work with both. Oh yeah, like, it's not a new concept. Right? It's I, not I, a new concept. It's just that they have to be able to respect the cons uh, the customer enough to st to keep in mind. Look. When we release this new platform, it's not going to be like it's not going to be this gigantic thing where everything changes. It's just like better battery life, better screen, higher resolution, whatever. And yes, newer games will take advantage of these better hardware or whatever, but these older games can still work on older things. Like uh, Super Smash Brothers. Super Smash Brothers runs on the first 3DS, mm -hmm. but it runs better on the new 3DS. Mm -hmm. And that's cool, right? There's nothing wrong with that. It's perfectly fine. And that was okay. Everyone got into that. But as long as they can establish a growth in hardware, then what you can do is, look, you're competing now, and whether Nintendo wants to admit it or not, you're competing now with the with the, with the uh, cell phone market. Sure. Right? And they are. And they're competing with it not from a consumer model, because consumers really don't like touchscreens as a form of interaction for their games. They like D-pads. They mm -hmm. like buttons. Consumers like buttons. How many TVs have you ever used that have touchscreen controls? Yeah. Right? Without... I uh, unwieldy price. It's a niche market. Yeah. yeah nobody likes them. People mm -hmm. like to be able to push a button and their TV turns on. Yeah. Look, uh, in the in, in like the mid in the early '90s, uh, there was these like little metal touch pads that they were putting on to certain houses. So when you wanted to turn on the lights in your house, you touch the pad and you move it up. Slide it up. Yeah. yeah slide it up, and it would it like. And there's actually like sliding bars, but there was ones that were literally just metal that you mm -hmm. would touch, and they were like basically. Um, touch screens. They yeah. weren't, but that's what they were. And you could touch them to turn lights on and adjust the lighting and shit. Those lights, everyone hated because it was not as easy as just flicking a yeah, switch. Yeah. So that concept is always going to be there. People think that the future of technology is making these touchscreen controllers and touchscreen uh, phones and all this stuff. And VR, which is another one we can segue into in a minute. But in reality, right, what people want is the simplicity and ease of use. If you can make a button work, just as well as anything else, the button is always going to win. There is, I, 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 I've, uh, I've, I've had this great conversation with a friend. Um, I, I picked up my phone. You can, I can tell my phone, call this number, say up the number, yeah, yeah, yeah. the phone, right? And what he did is at the same time he typed it, right? Yeah. He typed it before I, before I. Spoke you didn't get a finish, number, yeah. Right? I know. And then my phone got the number wrong because somebody was talking over. I know. And I, you know, hands-free right? talk. It texts. It's just a pain in the ass. It, it's it like I get it. The technology is always going to get better, but some people prefer. Like it was like it, my my uh, my my teacher in in. Shane, in what's your address? Tell Shane to fuck off. Is yeah, that right? your, do you want me to send? Yeah. No, I don't want you to send that. Right? It's like that. Uh, my teacher in grade school had this incredible thing where he basically would you'd pull out a calculator and he'd go. Everyone's like, calculators are better than 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 knowing uh, than than doing math in your head. And then he would go, give me a give me a number or whatever. And so they would do the number and he would go like five plus five, whatever. So five plus five is ten. And then the calculator would still be on the first five, right? Because mm -hmm. you'd still be typing it. And that is essentially why uh, like simple mechanics work a lot better. And buttons are the simplest mechanic you can get sure. for games. Yep. Now, I mean, the bigger question is, and we can't answer them, is 
can we trust Nintendo to respect their fan base? You know, with these iterations, um, you know, how are they going to handle the technology? Nintendo d- likes to make money on their hardware. They refuse to take losses day one. It's true. It's true, and that's. I think that's okay because if they were to release a new model every year, mm-hmm. right, the older models would would heavily be reduced in price. What I'm thinking is going to happen is that the new uh, the new head of Nintendo, I forget his name. I forget now. I yeah. don't know. But I think he's got more of a of an old school business mindset where it's like sell people products that people want, mm-hmm. and unfortunately, right, the Wii U is not a product people want. Nope. Look, it, it's been proven. It sucks. It sucks. Right. And, and and you know there are fa- like I will say this: Is the Wii U bad now? It, but it's not something that people want. The Wii U's got the best games this generation for consoles so for far. First party, yeah, and it's 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 funny. First party, yeah, I you know. I've got a PlayStation Four, and I have got no first party games on it besides. Uh, uh, What's it called? Uh, Second Son. Yeah. I got nothing else. I know. And 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 the Wii U, I've got hit after hit after hit after hit, but nobody's buying the Wii U's. And the reason is simply because uh, it's it costs too much. The controller is a little bit of an oddball. Mm-hmm. It's not something that's easy to grasp and easy to understand. And people seem to see people disagree with about the controller all the time. But it's like, look, guys, at the end of the day, this is working better than the Wii U controller. Yeah. And the Wii U controller is fantastic. But what is better for the Wii U is the. Uh, let me see the uh, pro controller. Yeah, of course, it's yeah. it's almost a prerequisite to play these games, and and also the reason that we use successful is because you don't have that installation of third party offerings. Yeah, and I'm of the mindset that the best games so far this generation are, are mostly third party games, and those aren't available on Nintendo system. And that is, you see that. Because yeah, are the are the overall first party offerings the best so far on the Wii U? Yes, but if. Listen, even one out of every three first-party offerings in a year doesn't appeal to you. You don't have very much to play. That's true. And you know what? PlayStation 4 is killing the market right yep. now, selling more than anyone else. And, and I and hey, I, I mean, I have a PS4, and I was absolutely flabbergasted at PlayStation Experience when they didn't announce one AAA first-party game. And, and, and everyone's PS3 yeah. killed in the first party last generation. Yep. Now, did they sell it? I don't care. But they had an abundant games in every genre, and it was... They just murdered in the first party. I mean, I don't know what these studios are doing, but I don't know. I'll tell you this much. Where Sony's going right now, and I thought Sony was insane, but I get it now. Oh, I I completely get it. And I don't like it, but I get it. I get it. The PlayStation 4 is about the third-party developers. It's what the 360 did last year. uh, The the PS4 was cheaper than an Xbox One when it initially came out. It was a cheaper system to buy. And when it was a cheaper system to buy, it gave the impression that you bought a game, it was on your system. And the, the way that Microsoft handled the release of the Xbox One was disastrous. Oh, yeah. And, and they know that, oh, yeah. right? This They've system, backtracked since, and yeah, this the system, Xbox One's now a good buy. But. I would agree. This system is actually a very decent system. Oh, yeah. It's got a lot of stuff going for it. But I'm telling you right now, PlayStation Plus is terrible. It's, okay. it's, it's and got I'm a very little value. It's funny because I'm my new video is about that. It's time for PlayStation Plus to just completely drop the beta as in its free game offerings, whatever. Like, I've had this since day one. They've had generally great games. There's always not going to be something for you every month, but whatever. But the offerings have gone down the toilet for the most part. It, it's just, it's been this very lackluster experience. I really don't. I, the only reason I bought a PlayStation Plus service was so I could play one of these games I got online. That was it. Yeah, and now you I, have no choice. Yeah. When, I, when I look at the PlayStation 4, I see a fantastic piece of hardware. I think one of the best interfaces that's going on on yeah. consoles right now. The Wii U is pretty solid up there too. And the Xbox One was so far behind in, in user interface. And now they've kind of, they've updated it and it's a little bit better. But it's like, I get the PlayStation 4. You turn it on, you put in a game, and you play. And, you play and the, that's all they yeah. were trying to do. And they did that with spades. While everyone else was trying to make But it it's funny because the PlayStation 3 was the exact opposite of that. It really they was. They were trying to it do really everything. Was. And they, I mean, they learned less to almost a detriment. I, I hope they implement some more of that stuff, but I'm willing to wait. That's okay. Yeah, it, it, like, and I, there are people out there that will say, well, the Wii U is that exact same experience. Like, no, it's not. No. The Wii U is not that same experience. Despite the fact that as gamers, we see the Wii U as a very easy entry system, and we do, most people out there who are not gamers look at the Wii U and they think it's confusing. Which screen am I looking on Yeah, and, and some of their their network services aren't easy to yeah, use. Yeah, they're not, they're not. And it, it, it's the funniest thing. The PlayStation 4 has no games, yet everyone's buying it because it has all the games. But the and truth is, I mean, that's, thing. yeah, I mean, that that entire meme, it's funny to say, but I, as so far, a one console owner this generation, I have more games than I can play. 
Yeah, and, I, I, and that's just the truth. I I have more games of every, whether they're digital offerings, AAA, um, third party, it doesn't matter. I have more games that I can play right now. It's it's funny. The Xbox One um, is doing. Uh, and like, you could have that same experience on the Xbox yeah, One. Yeah, yeah. Well. The uh, the Xbox uh, the the Gold service. I've been a proponent against Gold since its inception. I've always hated the idea of Gold, but now that I have Gold for the Xbox One, this Xbox One generation makes sense to me. Every day, every month, I get um, like a, a bunch of games. Yes. Right. And they're usually really four, good games. Yeah. Before you get three. They've been killing games, it lately. And, and the three sixty games work on the Xbox One. Yeah, now. and I that's been a huge. And dude, uh, all my all my games from the past that I bought on Xbox Live are are, are uh, on the three sixty are now coming back in. Yeah. And they're starting to work. And I'm just like this system. Every like. When you leave, I'm going to turn the system on, and there's an update already where there's a bunch of new games I can now play that mm -hmm. just got added. And I'm like, hey, awesome. Yeah. The PlayStation 4? I got a bunch of games on the PlayStation 3. Not one of them work on here, except for one. Actually, one. One does. Uh, uh, the Swan? I forget what it is. Un Unfinished Swan. Unfinished Swan. Yeah. yeah. And that's which cross by. Yeah. Which they offered free through PS Plus. Right? Yeah. And I was just like, that's great. But what about all these other games I got on my PlayStation? Yeah, like the cross buy and cross play initiatives are all well and good. But I mean, yeah, like PlayStation Now is an absolute disaster. And they realize now they've just wasted like $400 million. PlayStation Now should be included with the PlayStation Plus subscription. And then I would say that's the best. And there's different ways they could have packaged their subscription service adding on. But let's get back on topic to 2016 yeah, yeah. <laughs> because no, but you're right. And I completely, I mean, the big question is. Wii U, but Nintendo on a whole with their, their thing. I mean, I'm looking forward to see what they do with the app. I really am. I think they're going to make something really special. I mean, it might suck, it might be amazing, but we're not going to know until they come out with it. And they've been so good at holding their cards close to the chest that you really don't know what yeah, the next we'll see. We'll be. see what post-Iwata Nintendo is all about Yeah, yeah. this year. Uh, Final Fantasy 15 for me. Um, again, I'm a huge Final Fantasy fan. I didn't love Episode Do Sky, uh, but the iterations they made subsequently are good and i know they fixed the combat since then uh, the game is beautiful uh i mean versus 13 is again the promise of the last guardian i now it, it bugs me when people say this game's been in development for nine years it hasn't it's been in development for three years uh it's been completely rebooted and redone refocused they've changed the story and, and whatever so with that mindset it's it's right on track too uh, and uh, the the note from um, Tabata uh, on New Year's, he he's confirmed that this game is coming out in 2016. Again, it's another one. I don't I don't know because they were just talking about art. You know, maybe we're gonna put airships in the game. I don't know yet. So if these things are still conceptual, how is the game gonna be finalized? And this game's got to be big. Like it's it can't be small. Uh, and the scope of it is huge. But the narrative promises of what we're shown in Versus 13, and if they bring them forward to now, I'm I'm anxious to see. Some of the trailers have been really great, and I know it's going to be more than what that demo was all about. So I'm I'm really really looking forward to what they do with that. Yeah, I'm curious to see what they make. I mean, I, honestly, I haven't played a new Final Fantasy in a number of years, but for 2016, I think they announced that uh, Final Fantasy IX is coming to PC. So I'm curious. To I, that's see what, that. yeah, and yeah. Uh, iOS, which is. Final Fantasy IX is probably my favorite overall Final Fantasy, and it's almost going back to it now with the battle times and the load screens is very very difficult. And I know they're going to fix that, so yeah, that's great. Again, and and it, it follows up with the point we we're talking about the last iteration. Square's on this upward swing. Now it's a lot of talky talk without no action. Oh, yeah, yeah. But if that pattern is there, and and they follow through with the way they have, like. It's it's gonna be great. Like a great square is great for gaming. I mean, I agree. I I, I, I like I don't necessarily want any company to do bad things. No. I would love for Konami just to get its act together and fix things up. But no. honestly, 2016 is gonna be the year we see Konami fall. Yeah. I don't know if we're gonna see them go bankrupt, but we're definitely gonna see them fall. No, they won't go bankrupt because they make more money from their ulterior non-gaming practices than they do from gaming. One of the things they were betting all their money on, essentially, was betting games in general mm. and uh, hoping they get legalized in Japan because they are not legal in Japan. Okay. There, there's like a way they go about it. It's it's the pachinko machine. This is 2016 for Konami is gonna be this. Pachinko machines, when you win the balls and everything, mm. and you, you, you actually go to a completely different building and, ch and, and cash them oh, okay. chips, yeah. and those chips can be gone to another building where you pay, that you get money for them. There's this whole thing that works with that, but they basically want to legalize that. If they don't legalize that in Japan, okay, Konami is going to lose a fuck ton of money. 
they are really betting on everything Some happening. Some people might life. say karma. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 insane. If, if I were a businessman and you were like, here's a multi-platinum game that just keeps on selling yeah. even when it's not very good, I'd be like, well, that's what I'm going to put Yeah, we're going to make more. Do. We have this engine that's finished. Let's yeah. just bring in someone to work on I know it makes a lot of sense, but you know what? Make a game on one. Make a game on one engine, and it works on all other uh, platforms you can think of. It's like, yeah, okay, sure, let's just do that. Let's keep on doing that. To no. follow up with the Square thing, um, huge surprise with Final Fantasy VII remake. Um, it's not coming out this year, um, despite what some of the people may think. Yeah, rumors yeah. and whatnot. It's not. But what do you think of that? I'm excited to see what comes out. Um, I are you a, are you a Final Fantasy fan? Yes. Final Fantasy Seven fan. Sorry. Uh, I like six, seven. Um, I like nine. Mm-hmm. Um, but I honestly, I, I have to play more tactics to know if I like tactics. But okay. I, I, I would say that so, there's I know, right everybody. So I just don't know which one to play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I hear play the PSP version because I hear that one's yeah, the best you, one. Yeah, yeah. If you have a Vita, you know, play the the what the hell is it? Lions. Lions for, Kingdom or whatever. Lions Wars, yeah, yeah like, I, and the re-ramp version is the one you want. To so, play. so th- this is this is my thing, right? Final yeah. Fantasy VII is already a good game. Whatever they yes. make now is not going to be Final Fantasy VII. It's going to be Final Fantasy VII the reboot, whatever. Yep. It's it's fine. There's nothing wrong with that, and I'm excited to see it. Why I liked Final Fantasy VII was not because of the gameplay. It was because of the of the story and the world. Mm-hmm. So when they said we're throwing out that old kind of style of gameplay and we're reintroducing the gameplay you've seen in more modern Final Fantasies. Hey, dude. Sure. Yeah, why not? I'm cool with that. Why I like Final Fantasy was never about the gameplay. In fact, I find Final Fantasy VII's gameplay to be the worst aspect of it because I just, I'm not a big fan it's of RPG turn-based. mechanics. Yeah. Yeah. Turn-based, turn-based mechanics are cool, but in some instances, I don't like uh, JRPG turn-based mechanics mm-hmm. as much as certain Western games have taken advantage sure. of Sure, I mean, it's... It, but that's a personal opinion. Yeah. But that's what makes up for Final Fantasy VII because it's like, you're going to give me the same story but you're going to make the gameplay a little bit more engaging for me, hey, you know what? I'm game for that. Even yeah. if I end up not liking it that much, I'm still willing to take a look at what they try. It's like some people are mortally offended and at this remake, not whatever. Okay, whatever they come up with, Final Fantasy VII still exists. You can play that game. It is there. It, it, this does nothing to it. I mean, anyone... I love turn-based. I love my old school RPGs, but anyone that actually thought this remake was going to be a turn-based game is out of their mind. You're delusional. Like, for and for you to be annoyed by that is just so weird. Have you not been paying attention to the current state of video games and the business? They are not going to invest 100 plus million dollars into making this game and put it turn-based. I'm sorry, it's just not going to happen. Like, what's the one thing they did with Fallout? They removed the turn-based aspect and then suddenly everyone started playing Fallout. Because I remember when Fallout 1 and 2 were out yeah. there, tactics. They were not people, a huge game. Yeah, people didn't talk about Fallout no. like they do now. With Fallout 3, the one thing they do is they remove the turn-based aspect and introduce a VATS mechanic that is similar to turn-based but has more of a streamlined feel to it. Hey, guess what? Suddenly everyone starts playing it. Maybe there's something to that. And this combat, now, I, there was a great gaff thread on the breakdown from the most recent trailer. and. Just showing the the different uh, gauges and how the, the battle system may or may not work. It's more like the original Versus 13 trailers as opposed to the current 15 builds and Kingdom Hearts. But it, it aims to mesh them all. And you know what? I'm completely fine with that. Even some of the moves that they showed are... Like, you see some of the limit breaks from Final Fantasy VII. They're right there. And the episodic structure... I mean, of course, do I want the game all in one loop? Yes, I do. But some people saying Final Fantasy VII is not that big of a game really don't remember the game. I'm actually playing it on PS4 right now just because I haven't played the game in so long and I wanted to get trophies because I like trophies. And I just want to play it, whatever. But like the detail in this game, like every shop you walk in is completely different. Uh, You know, all the stuff. And they're like, well, the world wasn't that big. But yes, but have you seen Final Fantasy XV world in that demo? They're going to have to... It's, you're, you can't just have Cloud walking around by himself in a boring, barren landscape. It's going to have to be completely realized. Yeah. And as long as they are able to... They should not release Episode 1 until they can get, at, at the very least, a year and a half turnaround. If not a year. You know what I mean? Like how Star Wars is doing I get films. that. Yeah, yeah. What, 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 what really pissed me off was there were people out there that were going... Well, of course Final Fantasy VII is going to be released in parts because the game was originally on three discs. I'm like, that's not what that Disc means. Disc three, it has nothing. It it's is like, just the it's the I, the final dungeon and a couple side quests. I, I had to basically explain people like the mechanics. Like I I do not develop video games, but even I understand the mechanics of the game design and how it works. 
when you make a game on multiple discs, the game is actually not three discs long. No, it doesn't work like it's that. It's because okay, whatever was in the first disc. If let's say it's it's a, it's an open world or it's a it's a game that has like access to a world and all that stuff. So yeah, disc one has to rep re repeat all the elements you saw on disc two and on disc three. So the asset library has to rep replicate yep. it. So if the asset library was like thirty megabytes large, it has to be replaced on every single disc you make. And mm -hmm. on that at that time, I think a DB or a CD ROM was. 700 megabytes, 600 megabytes? So that sounds about right. Yeah, because yeah. I forget it, what the, the largest one they yeah. made, yeah. And so they, they had to have these like limitations and steps up. Final Fantasy VII is a large game, but it's not on multiple discs because they they, they, they couldn't make it work any other way. No. It was that they designed the game to be on that feature mm -hmm. format. And cinematics took up a lot of space back yeah. then. And and like what what one of the things somebody said was uh Oh yeah, well, uh, it was. I think it was the guy from uh, SquareSoft was like, "Oh yeah, well, you know, honestly, guys, uh, just a 50 gig disc isn't big enough." I'm like, "Really? Yeah, stop it. Seriously, 50 gigs isn't big enough, dude. You can do a lot with 50 gigs." Uh -huh. And and like, I understand why you're saying that, but like, the moment he said, "Well, it's probably going to take two discs," I'm like, "Well, then if it's going to take two discs, it's literally going to take twice as many." Like. Whatever assets you were using at the first part of the game, however many gigs that is, mm. now has to be replicated on that, that disc, second yeah. disc, right? And rep yeah, I know. And people, but I've heard the thing, you know, Witcher Three is a bigger game. Yes, it is, but I mean, Witcher Three really has what, like three towns and a couple small villages. Like it's a big game, but if you were to take Final Fantasy VII and put it in Witcher Three scale, just carte blanche, yeah, Final Fantasy VII would be a bigger game. It's, it's okay. Like what I think people never really understand about game design is. When you see that first little bit of grass at the beginning of the game, and at the very end of the game, there's another little bit of grass, yeah. it's the same fucking grass, mm -hmm. right? Like, it's just a replicated texture. Only very few games have ever changed that. Uh, I think it was uh, Rage is one of the very few games that use what was called um, uh, Ultra Textures or something like okay. that. So Rage, when you play Rage, uh, the game world is actually one big-ass <laughs> texture that a, uh, an artist drew the whole thing over, okay. right? And just did a whole bunch of stuff. And then basically what happened is when you look at the game and you look at one area and another area, the games, those areas don't really look the same because it's just one big ass texture. Mm -hmm. uh, mega texture, I think is what it's called. So I remember, I think it was, uh, I think the original mega texture file is 50 gigs, right? The texture of okay. the game, yep. the texture was 50 gigs. And they, they compressed it and compressed it and compressed it to fit it onto the game. That's one of the few instances where that doesn't happen. Final Fantasy VII, when this new one comes out, uh, it's going to be the same character model uh, that Cloud has throughout the game, most likely, unless he changes clothes. I can see them part, changing you know? a lot of things. Like, I know exactly what you're saying, and I'm fine with the episodic structure. In some ways, I mean, if I'm to take the Optimus point of view, and I don't want to spend too much time on this because it's not going to come <laughs> out in 2016, but there are a lot of plot points and there are a lot of things that can be expanded upon in that game. Um, just playing it again, I'm being refreshed uh, by it. And I'm I'm anxious to see. I mean, but they have to continue. Like, one disc can't start, and and then another one starts and it has no fluidity between it. So, yeah. but we'll see. I, I, I'm just happy we're getting it. And uh, look, I love Final Fantasy VII and uh, everything about it. I love that world. It's, it's really, really cool. Yeah, yeah. And it's, again, it was like, 2015 were the, was that year of dreams, you know what I mean? But what we actually got in terms of Delivery sometimes didn't mean it, but like whether it was Shenmue, Last Guardian, Final Fantasy VII, and you don't even—I mean, even if you don't love those games, it's just really cool to see these things that you never thought would happen come to life. Even if we're like, okay, it might take another three years. Oh my God! It was uh, when we were watching E3 and they announced Final oh. Fantasy VII. I was just like, and next, I actually typed this out on Twitter uh, when it was happening. I was like, and next you're gonna say Shenmue Three is coming out. I know, like, but that's I remember hearing that. Rumor. How did you know that? And I was like, I did. That was I. What? And I, I was like, I remember I saw the, the leaf. Yeah, I know. I was like, yeah. oh, I know, shit. I know. As soon as it happened, I was like, what? Why? I know. Everyone's freaking out about Final Fantasy VII? Dude, Shenmue 3 is the game that cannot happen, and it's happening. I know. I don't it's crazy. Know I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> and I don't even, and that's another thing I don't want to get into, but I don't know how that, I've, I've, I backed it. Uh, sorry, I, I backed uh, Shenmue 3, and I don't back anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. I backed it, and I was, I was, I was out of backing games on Kickstarter, and I, I just had Yeah, same. Like, I, I just don't really, I don't, I don't I'm not big I, on it. I, I don't I, have a choice. Do I, do I have a I choice? I gotta do it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know. Um, do you have another game? 2016? No, I think that's pretty much okay, it. Okay, I have one more. 
it's funny because there's a there's a theme like it, there's still a question mark whether any of these games that I'm gonna thing will actually come out in 2016. But you could have said the same thing about 2015 with some of the stuff, right? It's probably Dishonored too. I loved. Oh my the god! The first yes, Dishonored. Yes. I didn't even think about. But that I'm really yet. worried because we've never actually seen tangible gameplay yet. Like it's just trailers. But Arcane, again, I I, I hate when people say Dishonored is Bethesda. It is not Bethesda. It is Arcane. Yeah. Bethesda is the publisher. There's a reason why Dishonored works <laughs> on day one. Is because it's not developed by Bethesda. I, 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 I love Dishonored. I didn't even think about that. Dishonored is such a brilliant thing. Oh I really God. do like it. it. It's like, in retrospect, I picked 20, 2012 Journey. I picked my game of the year. Per, like, complete, I love Journey. It's great. I didn't play Dishonored until 2013, even though I bought it in 2012. But after I played it, I was like, this was my favorite game of the year. I thought it was so well done. And the DLC was just as strong. It was so yeah, good. Yeah, Bridges of Whitmore, whatever. Oh, that was the, that was the second of, one. Is... The other one was about, I forget what the hell it was called. Dowd was the main character and he's the, the whatever. But they're both really, really great. And the stories are great. Side quests are cool. And the character has a new wrinkle on some of Corvo's powers. But Dishonored 2, you know, you get to be the princess and Corvo and you get to pick whichever one you want. And you can play the game different, which was another thing that was great about the first Dishonored. Like Deus Ex, you can tackle these things in so many different ways. You can solve problems in so many different ways and they have repercussions on the world. I just love it. And it it's like, I've always hated first person stealth. I've never thought it worked well. But that, Dishonored, that, that game, Dishonored completely game, yeah. made a fool out of me. It was amazing. Thief for me was the closest they ever got to stealth being right in a first person mm -hmm. game. And then when they did it with uh, Dishonored, I was like, wow. I mean, I played it all the way through without killing anyone. Mm -hmm. And then I went, actually, the and first time And it's almost it, funner to play it in the high chaos way. You yeah. see, you've seen those videos on, yeah, on yeah. YouTube. It's like, it's like, wow, I didn't even think the game could be changed that much. A part of me, as much as weird as this is going to sound, when I finished playing Bioshock, when I finished playing that, and then I played Bioshock 2, and then Infinite, I liked Infinite to a degree, but I didn't think it was like the greatest game ever, and I didn't like the ending so much, and I thought it was an incredibly convoluted story, mm -hmm. and it was trying to be like, hey, don't you remember Bioshock 1? I was like, I get it, guys. You I love that's your remember. that's your imitation oh thing. It's the, the, it's, it's the, like, it's like, the show business it's, hands it's, that's what it is, from the 40s. That's what it is, because that's what it is. <laughs> Bio, Bioshock I mean, had a lot of great elements to it, but essentially one of its biggest problems was it was it was basically trying to go, don't you remember I know, I know. really made Look, the I loved game? it, but I'm not going to apologize for his faults. Yeah, and, and Dishonored was like, this was my Bioshock Infinite. Mm -hmm. This was the game I wanted more, but I didn't realize that until I played the game where it was like, this is all the elements I wanted. Uh, it's not like I wanted this exact game, but it, it, it had this otherworldly vibe to it. It had a really interesting, uh, a very different economy going on there where it, like, it's not your world. And Bioshock felt the same way. You're going into this very different world, very different universe, and there's a bunch of new rules that you, that you now have to understand <coughs> quick to survive. And Dishonored had that same thing. But I just felt that the narrative structure in Dishonored and the drive to get to the ending was so much more valuable. Uh, it's so good. Yeah. My God, is it so I, good. I, I, I didn't, and I fully, I didn't like, even there, acknowledge that coming in place. There's a couple people who, you know, they're like, I dropped it after an hour. I admit, I played that game for an hour the first time and I, I, I didn't play it. And then I put it away for a couple months. And that's why I didn't play it in 2012. And I was like... What was it about that first hour that didn't grab me? Because it wasn't there the second time I tried it. I don't know what it was, but I, that game is just so good. I can't sing its praises uh, yeah, any anymore. Great. And as a person who does not love the first person perspective, I don't, I have a lot of problems with it. It's just, I can't see that game being any other way. I agree, I agree. Um, I mean, one game you have, you'll notice that neither of us probably mentioned was Uncharted 4. Uh, how, do you, how do you feel about <clears throat> Uncharted as a series? You know, surmised. Let me make this clear. I don't I don't think I've ever enjoyed the gameplay in Uncharted games, ever. Fair enough. I love those games. Okay. I love the stories. I love the visuals. But I do not like the gameplay. Mm -hmm. It's gotten better, and I'm curious to see where 4 goes now. But for me, the gameplay for Uncharted games never worked for me. At <clears throat> no point has it ever worked. It's just boring, repetitive. And only when it's interesting is when you're doing some kind of puzzle type stuff. Outside of that, it's like, man, 
I play shooters. Mm -hmm. So when you try to be a shooter and you do it as half-assed as that, it doesn't work for me. Yeah, like when, when the gameplay or the shooting is being distracted by the cinematic set pieces, it works. But when it's left to its own devices in, you can see them coming. Yeah. You see the cover. And then, you know, you jump down a hill, and then and, and here come the enemies. In Uncharted 2, um, you go into this lost city. Yeah. And when you're going to the lost Shangri -La. city... Shangri-La. Shangri-La. There's only, there's only like four or, or maybe like, maybe maybe at max, let's say 20 other people with you going in there. Mm. As soon as you get into that goddamn <clears throat> city that no one else knows is there, right. there's suddenly an entire army in there fighting against you. And I was like... Where did they come in? They were they some of the ready? mutants, but then, yeah, what buddy's yeah, army the mutants, comes in? I was like, in. okay, I get you're going to throw the mutants yeah. at me because there can't be any enemies, but then there's mutants and army people. I'm just like, dude, seriously, just stop. Like, you didn't need to throw this much at me. I'm in Shangri-La. I want to explore. I want... Yeah. It, it's Let it breathe for a minute. They're doing... I want Indiana Jones games again. Yeah. Right? And 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 uh, 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 Fate of Atlantis is a brilliant Indiana Jones story, a brilliant Indiana Jones game, and in fact, should have been the fourth movie. And for whatever reason, whatever reason, when I play Uncharted, I'm just like, I'm getting those notes, mm -hmm. and those notes are great, and I love it, even though I hate the gameplay in it. And yeah. I really do hate the gameplay. I never, ever, like, there are points when I find it really exciting and interesting, mm -hmm. but then as soon as you bring out a gun, I'm like, oh, you just, you just suck. And then the, and then the problem is, and I, I, I hate to say this about the developers, the developers love the gameplay so much. I know. That they, they turn it into a multiplayer experience, and I'm like, Dude, what are you I'll doing? I'll flat out admit though, the multiplayer was not that. Like, you know, left to its own devices outside of the thing, you just have to know what you're getting into. Compared against any other third person or first person. Like, is it better than uh, Gears of War? I never played Gears of War online. I just don't think it was. Gears of War's third person, and, and by the way, I'm not a big fan of that online gameplay mm -hmm. at all. I really didn't mm -hmm. like Gears of War online. But if I had to compare uh, a game to game, it's like, Gears of War does a little bit better. Mm -hmm. Halo does a little bit better. Call of Duty does a little bit better. So what it's trying to do is not as good as those ones. So all I wanted it to do was be a really strong first-person story. And you're not the first person yeah. to have a problem with this gameplay. And I, I, I can't... I don't absolutely hate it, but I definitely feel it's the weakest part. See, here's the thing with Uncharted. For some... So Uncharted has been somehow anointed as the best PlayStation game. First-person exclusive. Mm. I don't, I mean, I'm not, I like Uncharted, but I've never gone back and played any of those games again. I've never wanted to. They're a lot of fun. They're beautiful. Naughty Dog is amazing. They're one of the oh, best yeah, developers. Yeah, yeah, Top five, easy. They make games that work, that are beautiful, and they're cinematic and whatever. The Last of Us is a fantastic game. But like, like I said, the games are getting better. Like, the gameplay gets better <clears> as it goes along. And, and, and Last of Us is basically Uncharted 4 in terms of the way it, it treats gameplay. Like it's gameplay. In some ways, yeah, yeah I mean. Right? But it, it's better, it's better. It's, it's, it's better. spaced out and, yeah. it, and it breathes and there's some stealth, yeah, but like whatever. I'm, But in terms of cinematic set pieces, I, I mean, Kratos gets shit on as a character a lot, okay? And fine enough, but he is a vehicle for what the carnage is in that. And as that vehicle, he's perfectly fine. Nathan Drake, why is he a good character? He makes stupid quips while he kills thousands of people and he's an asshole to all his friends and and his loved ones i just this uncharted 4 is is going to be made made broke or made uh by its willingness to do something different if it is more of the same of two and three i'm sorry i'm just not going to like it that can, much can i tell you something that i think might interest you a little bit more mm -hmm. This isn't the Uncharted uh, 4 that comes out after Uncharted 3. This is the Uncharted 4 that comes out after Last That's Us. right. It, and okay? that's a really good way I to put it. I think they understood more what lessons they learned from the storytelling of the Uncharted games they implemented into Last of Us. The beginning of Last of Us, no. there's no gunshot. No, and it's but, perfect. But it's so And it's not like good. it hasn't been done before, but it, something doesn't have to be new or innovative to be good. And, and I think I think that's what we saw in that. If they can find ways to take that and move it into the Uncharted world, and not not make it depressing. I don't want it to be this mm -hmm. usually depressing thing. But like, look, I want Uncharted to be like. I'm sorry, rip off Indiana Jones. Yeah. I don't care. I want that. I want because uh, 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 Laura Croft, uh, the the new one, is doing that. It's literally and that's a game I, I meant to mention that I never played Rise of the Tomb Raider. Because uh, I don't have an Xbox One right now. Yeah, yeah. But I, it, it, it looks really great. We've gotten so far in visuals with that game that I swear to God, when I was when I was watching the game, uh, like just the live footage being mm -hmm. streamed to me, I've got the game on the Xbox One. Yeah. But there's sequences when you see Laura Croft, 
and it's like, did they film somebody for this? Because like her hair is flowing realistically. Mm. Oh, and it's that's beautiful. Just because they did such a good job. I like the reboot, but this one and and the reviews is getting and you know a lot of people say it's the best game of the year. Yeah, and I it's mean, like it's like, dude, people are caring a lot more about stories and games, and Uncharted is very good at doing stories. But I want, I don't want Uncharted. Is it though? Is it really like I, you, you, you? This is the second time you said it. I don't think it has a great story. It's for it, for me. That's what it okay. is. This this is the thing. Okay. Where Lord, where where Laura Croft is going with the with the Tomb Raider series, Tomb Raider is now surpassing Uncharted. In the I completely agree. Game. So yeah, right. What I want Uncharted to do is I want Uncharted to find its own place, but make it that fun action adventure movie. I want it to be Romancing the Stone. I want it to be uh, the the Indiana Jones movies. I want it to be that. Tomb Raider is finding a different path to go, and mm -hmm. it's doing wonders there. Mm -hmm. And Uncharted needs to find. The, how how they made Last of Us work in a dramatic sense? <clears throat> I want Uncharted to work in um, in a comedic action. I'm with sense. you, uh, and and it's like I don't want it to be like this gritty real thing that Last of Us was because that's not what Uncharted yeah, I is. Don't, I don't, I don't but I need some like, consequence yeah. to all of it. If it's just another flying fun around fuckabout, <laughs> like two and three, which are fine in two and three because those are. The thing, but if it's just another one of those with no consequence to his relationship, to his friends, and all this stuff, then it just falls flat to I, me. I agree. There's no consequence in the movie. And, and, and three, for me, I like one. I like two. I like one story. I like two story. But three story was a little bit weird. Yeah, the, the third act is terrible in three. Yeah, and, and it's just like, there's. but you're right. There's no, there's no. Uh, there's no consequence. There's no, okay, that's perfectly what it is because there isn't one. Uh, does anybody die besides the villain? Well, they teased see that, and that's the thing. They teased it in three with Sully, but then they brought it back. And it's like, they can't do that in four now because you've yeah. already teased that. So there has to be something else. I don't, I'm not going to project. I just, I'm, I'm going into this Uncharted 4 with a different mindset that I went into in with three. Because Uncharted 1, we weren't really sure what we had yet. We knew it was good, but we didn't know where it could go. Uncharted 2 sort of blew everyone away, but then it set the expectation for three and three didn't really fall flat, but it's still a good game. But now the similarity of two and three's narratives, four has built something else for me and it needs to do something else narratively. Yeah, I agree. All right. And VR, yes or no, how, what do you think? I don't think VR is going to have an impact. If not for 2016, maybe 2017. But I think it's the long game too. It's it's for me. It's like well, my biggest problem with VR is that VR is not doing anything necessarily that moves the format forward yet until they've established what that is. I'm not like I'm not a genius. I don't know what the format mm -hmm. is. I can tell you that if you're playing games on a black and white screen, there are advantages to having color because then you can point out which ball is red and which ball is blue. Um, when they introduced uh, sound. Hey, now we can hear somebody talking to you, telling you what you need to mm -hmm. do. Those things are really big game changers. What does VR do that changes that? And they have not established any of that. What Oculus has shown off at their demo was a lot of um, third-party or um, third-party games, and there was a lot of like uh, third-person shooters and third-person yeah. adventure games. And I'm just like, third-person adventure games in VR. On VR. Yeah. I why? mean, why? And then everyone was basically saying, "Well, you know why you do it." Because it looks so good, and like you're entrapped in, in, in the world, and it's like, yeah, but my TV's. Yeah, I mean, I, I got a huge TV, and I can play that, and it's probably going to be better. And if you I don't, don't have, have to put if, shit on my and head. And if you don't have a huge TV, take your smaller one closer to you. Yeah, me, yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, strap a belt to your face. Yeah. I don't care, but whatever you got to do, it's like that idea that the game is really going to change that much, like the, the uh, VR is going to change that much in gameplay is only cool until they tell me what it is VR does yeah. better than modern tech. In terms of games, you're right. I don't know where it's going. In terms of experiences, it's going to provide that out of the gate, but am I buying this tech just for quote-unquote experiences? Probably not. I think the long game is the safe bet. This technology has to be made for the long haul. People can't expect it to pay off in the first year. Um, I think of like the biggest games, right? The biggest ones? Yeah. So. I'm thinking Minecraft, uh, Dota, and Call of Duty, right? I'm just thinking like yeah. three random ones, right? There are bigger ones out there and all that stuff. I think of those three games and I go, are they better playing on VR? Mm -hmm. And they're not. VR has to make its own new games that make it make sense. One, you're <clears throat> never gonna wanna play a first person shooter with VR because you're gonna get motion sickness and it's not gonna work. Imagine having to spin behind you to shoot somebody, you're gonna snap your neck. Oh yeah, especially right? the technology's not in place to make that, like even 60 frames per, per second is not gonna be enough when you spin, like you're- yeah. uh, and, and me, I don't get motion sickness at all, but I can see it. And it's just the idea of like, let's say there's somebody behind you and you have to look behind you. What do you do? You turn your stick That's while right. your head isn't moving. 
and everyone's like, well, you're not going to get sick. We're going to fix that. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. You, you're going to lose your bearings in your room. That's and you're what's going to hurt something. Yeah. Yes. When you lose, okay, it, it's it's like when, whenever you get hit hard in the head, the fluid in your head gets like yeah. gets messed up, yeah, and so yeah, everything just goes wrong. When you move a thumb, and I've done this on several first-person shooters with VR now, when you move your thumbstick, your mouse, or something, when your head isn't moving, but you've been moving your head before and it was mm -hmm. tracking everything, suddenly your vision gets completely messed up and you don't know where you are anymore and you lose that sense. I of hear you. It's going to be really interesting. I mean, the one announcement at the conference was, I mean, if I had a dream job other than being a professional athlete or making a million dollars a million every year or whatever with video games would be a fighter pilot. I always wanted to be a fighter pilot. I'm nowhere near smart enough to do it, but Ace Combat in VR could work. I don't... That could. You know why? Because you're in a cockpit. The limitations of what a fighter exactly. pilot can do yes. are there. They're already structured. Right? You're right. You're looking forward. Nobody in a fighter pilot looks behind. So simulations may be the, where they find their footing in the expansion. they're not doing that. No, That's I know. They're trying mind. to take... You're right. And this is... I. A lot of people who have talked about VR, I, I've heard some really great um, conversations that aren't just glowing about it, and that's the exact same thing. These games we play are not transferable to VR. VR has to find its own yes. footing, and it's not. And the, and what they're doing is they're establishing older video game concepts in there, and it's like, <clears> dude, all you got to do is make five things work. You need to make a horror game that works in there. Oh my god, I I, I could not do it. I'd be a baby. You know, I know, I agree. I agree. I agree. <laughs> right. I, uh, some kind of game where you're in a cockpit. Yep. It doesn't matter what it is. It, it can be anything, but as long as you don't have to look behind you, yep. that would be fine. And 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 as and, long as I got goose there, look behind. Oh me my god, good. yeah, right. <laughs> just got a, just got a couple of things. I don't even want to talk about the other the other concepts that would work. But it's seriously just get cockpit work and you'd be yeah. fine. The thing is that every that blows my mind is everyone's talking about like oh Dota will be great. No, no, it will. What, what's gonna, it will not be great at all. It doesn't like, work. Like literally, you're just going to be staring. It's like playing a board game, dude. Like you're yeah. looking down at a, a, yeah. a strategy. And you know what's going to be fun about being in VR and, and doing stuff uh, with, with like a game like Dota? Imagine using your mouse when you can't see your hand. I know. That's real fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. So I guess to wrap it up, 2016 is a promise of some great games that may or may not come out. Um, some technology and that is definitely coming out that we don't know about. And, and maybe the, the Phoenix sort of coming out of the ashes once again for Nintendo. Um, like I said for Square, but I think it rings even more true for Nintendo. In fact, I know it does, is a healthy Nintendo is objectively fantastic for games. In general, Sony said it. We need Nintendo. We need I'll, Nintendo I'll to this. be successful. If Nintendo isn't successful at the NX, there are three possible outcomes that happen. In 2016, we're going to know, right? Like, the people that yeah. know are going to know as soon as they see the system if this thing's going to be a success or not. We're going to know. It's not going to be a guessing game of like, well, maybe that would work. It either works really well and grabs a lot of people or it doesn't. They're in a very specific space where it's either on or off. And when it comes to the NX, Nintendo has three paths of going. If it doesn't work, they got to consider third-party mm -hmm. support. And if they do that, they'll become one of the biggest video games oh, in the world. Huge. I mean, and, and I know it's a, it's a question that Nintendo fans don't like to face, but, you know, the, in the defense is Nintendo has billions, but you don't, billions aren't a ton of money when you're on the scale of this business. Yeah. You know, they've already been losing money for a long time. Other than the Wii U, which is an anomaly, they lost money. Well, technically they didn't lose money, but they've lost Mindshare and some money, GameCube. The Wii at the end actually started to lose money because yeah. it just wasn't I mean, it was a dead, even though the Wii quote-unquote, won the console generation. It was a dead system for two years. The Wii didn't win the console generation. The Wii killed oh, the yeah. console generation's third-party support for Nintendo, which in turn harmed their Wii U release yeah. schedule. The way I personally think it, okay, the way where it really matters is that when you look at Nintendo and where they sit right now, the thing that has to happen is that they need to be able to establish that they are good at making hardware and they're still good at making software. We all know they're good at making software. We all know they're good at making games. But at the end of the day, if they cannot establish a need for that hardware, you're very right. Dude, they got billions. But you know what? They have a huge group of people yeah, that they pay You don't make billions day. to lose two, three, yeah. four. It doesn't work like that. That's look, not business. Because their investors are going to be like, look, guys. Take Mario Galaxy 3, release it on the Xbox One and yeah. PS4. Here's our projections. Yeah. How does this not make sense? Yeah, like, I know. dude, dude, you, you'll, you'll, you, if, if, and let me say this, not to, for anyone to fear, if Nintendo becomes, uh, like a third party developer for all these other video game consoles, guys, 
The future is insane if oh, they yeah. do that. They will become richer and bigger than any other company on the market. Yes, you may have to buy a PS4, an Xbox One, or even a PC to get into <clears throat> playing Nintendo games if they go third-party support. Mm-hmm. But if they do, don't think that Nintendo is going to get smaller. They're going to become so big that they will eventually create un- like they will create their own open platforms that everyone. And they have on. even more people than ever playing their games. What I want to happen for video games was something that Trip Hawkins tried to do with the 3DO back in the 90s. I want video games to be like DVD and Blu-ray players. You buy the DVD or Blu-ray and all, player, yeah, yeah, and yeah. everything works on yeah, it. Yeah. The fact that it's closed off in the way it is right now is harmful because we can't be as creative as we thought we could because we have these limitations. If we all worked off the same specs and then like upgraded the specs every so often, I think we'd have a much better, much more engaging video game market. But right now, we've got people playing console wars and favorites with each other. Like, I know. Nintendo sucks, Sony sucks, Microsoft sucks, and they all hate each other. And at the, same, at the end of the day, you're all playing video games. I know. Nobody goes to the movies going, well, I'm only going to the movies because this is a universal movie. I know, exactly. You know? I, it's it's so strange. It's so strange. Um, yeah, it's going to be an exciting year. A lot of questions. If there was one resolution you have, maybe... Well, I mean, let's put it to yourself. For re-res, let's keep it contained in terms of what you do. This is what you do. This is your passion. I'm a huge fan of re-res myself. <laughs> and I'm super glad that we could do this together today. I think this has been a pretty... Great podcast, and we've got to learn a lot more about each other as we do this. So, I, I mean, you recently tweeted something, your resolution for your re res. So, I mean, why don't you tell the 10 people that are going to watch this what <laughs> <so> your goal is? <laughs> My resolution for re res is to make a studio for 2016. That's what I want to do. I want to, I want to make a studio. And I want to produce lots of YouTube content from a bunch of different creators and make something really grand. Because I think that um, this just the past couple of days, um, my wife and I were watching Chaplin, okay. which is uh, basically like a, an auto, or not a, a biography film yep. about uh, Charlie Chaplin. And Charlie Chaplin came into films at a very early stage and he revolutionized the way films are made because he just understood it. And I look at that and I go, the way he's seeing silent films being produced from the very beginnings is the way we're looking at digital filmmaking and digital uh, video production mm-hmm. with YouTube and Netflix. We're right now on the cup of seeing giant television fall. Yeah. We're on the cuff of seeing this. Stuff. I haven't had a cable in three years. Yeah, yeah, and, and we're seeing this. We're, we're seeing that more people are getting our dropping cable just watching YouTube and Netflix and stuff like that. It's becoming a really big impact. Mm-hmm. And what I want to do is I want to make a studio to foster that kind of stuff because I personally believe that we could be doing better things on YouTube than what's currently available oh, I absolutely, on YouTube. I, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, and that, that, basically that's what I want to do with the studio. If somebody says, I have a great idea for a show, and I just, I, I only have enough money to produce it in my basement. And I'm like, well, you know what? I want to make a studio where we take it out of the basement. Yeah. Because everyone's shooting in their basements. Everyone's shooting in their bedrooms. But if we can make it bigger than that, then we can create an entirely new platform for, for video de- dependence. That and it has to start somewhere. And yeah. I mean, you've got, you've recently become a much creator. Yeah. I mean, so the, these are all fantastic things to give you a leg up that some people don't have. And, you know, if you could help other people who are in the same situation as you, a situation that I'm in now, <laughs> uh, frankly, is is just a fantastic thing. And I hope that, you know, comes to fruition. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, I'm hoping it, I'm hoping it does too. I mean, obviously, that's a huge goal of mine. But as I've learned in, in life, it's best to set realistic goals before you try to attain the biggest goal because you'll be inevitably let down if that's your only one. Mine's just to grow a subscriber base that is relevant and for instance you were doing call-ins if i could get 30 40 people giving me input like that that's just a great thing you know you're touching people and you can have a conversation with them and the way i want to do that is by being able to do at least one video and one podcast a week yeah the, and I, the, the trick to the call-ins like the thing that works that I, every time i watch somebody do a call-in it's always the host talking over the person calling in and it's like well what I like to do is when I ask them a question, I want to hear what they have to say because I'm generally interested to hear what other people liked. And there was people that were telling me games that they liked for their tw- year of 2015. And they told me the game and I was like, well, I didn't like that game at all. Mm-hmm. But you know what? There's I'm going to listen to you. Yeah. And I think, you know, we have two ears and one mouth. That means we should listen twice as much as we talk. Somebody said that Star Wars uh, Battlefront was their favorite game of the year. Mm-hmm. And they were so dead set on it. And you know what? Hey, that's perfect. I'm fine with that. Yeah. And there's a reason, and he explained the whole reason that he just got into Star Wars, and Star Wars meant so much to him, and it became this thing where I didn't know how much I liked Star Wars until I'd be about 
play Battlefront. Did you ever think about that before? That maybe somebody could like the game that much because of that? Mm-hmm. And that's why I loved that show and, and listening to that stuff because that's the kind of stuff that really changes the way you do things. And that's what YouTube affords us, this community interaction that television completely lacks. Tele- television is one side. It's a one way. Right? It's somebody talking at you because they're popular. We are entertained. We are you know, advertised yeah. to. It's all one-sided. And that's what I like about YouTube. It's not that. It's it's nope. it's a community thing. And if you don't establish a community, if you don't talk with them and engage with them, then you might as well just be on TV and go die with the dinosaurs. Yep. Um, so how can they reach you? How can the people reach you? Uh, and how can t- they follow you? And- uh, well, I'm on Twitter, so Rerez TV. I'm on Vine with Rerez TV. I'm on uh, Instagram with Rerez TV, and I'm doing like very dumb videos on there. Mm-hmm. But I guess the key way to watch stuff is just go to Rerez.net and watch uh, Rerez on YouTube. That's awesome. Um, I'm a subscriber, so should you. <laughs> I am Jason Rose A on Twitter, like A, like a Canadian. Uh, the Rose Experience on YouTube. I think it's actually just Rose Experience. The Rose Experience was taken by <laughs> Case, who was an R&B singer in the. 2000s uh anyway yeah that's me and uh any feedback any questions positive negative let us know either way and uh thanks very much for tuning in this is 2015 2016 projections reviews and uh lots more on the horizon thanks guys all right